Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. I am super excited to be back with my next episode of Rewarding Conversations as I am here with Leilani Barrett. Say hello to the world, Leilani. Greetings to the world. Man, you have a good voice for this. I'm really excited about that. Um, so just as a quick intro, uh, Leilani is a veteran of stage, television, film, and voiceover um, acting with over 30 years of experience working in the industry. And I know it's that humble brag and everybody always cringes, but it's really cool. Um, and I'm you know, happy to have uh, somebody with so much experience on. I've had other actors and performers and stuff on that have had you know, five, 10 years of experience, but you really have so many years of experience. Um, and you have appeared in films such as Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, um, Draft Day, uh, and Real Steel, which is really cool. Um, those are, now I know that's a little bit of name dropping, but the reason why I do that is, um, number one, you didn't ask me to do that. I have to be clear with my audience. He did not ask me to do this. Uh, but the reason why I do that is because I feel like when you do say things, it's going to hold almost a different level of me. I don't know what the right word is, maybe credential or clout or something like that, because you've worked um, on stage and productions that I watched. You were recently in Romeo and Juliet, um, which was really cool to see uh, your kind of just physical performance and your embodiment of the character. Um, but you've also worked in short films. You've also done voiceover and then you've worked on giant budget films. So you've really kind of worked across that spectrum. You teach at BW Baldwin Wallace University. Um, you worked with Playhouse Square. So you have a lot of experience in a lot of different worlds and, and you are that, that actor and performer that everybody hopes we run into, which is that more kind of just lighthearted, humble person that isn't like, oh, look at me and look what I've done. You seem to be very kind of humble about it, which is cool. So um, I really appreciate and thank you for coming on today. Uh, you know, Adam, you're just, you're, you, I just, can I record that and just send it out to people and then, then they'll know like, oh yeah, no, this is, a, <laughs> this is, yeah, you're I'll my best you, representative. <laughs> Yeah, I'll send you the clip and you can send it out to everybody. Um, no, but I really do appreciate you coming on and taking the time to do this. Um, uh, well, thank you for having people, me. Thank you. For yeah, absolutely. Me. And people out there won't know because it'll come out after, but the new year is coming up. So happy new year. Any plans coming up for the new year for you? Um, I actually plan on spending the new year very quietly, very reflective. I, I feel like at the end of the year, it's a great time to reflect, recharge, uh, reimagine, uh, reinvigorate, uh, re-inspire. Uh, it's a wonderful time to rediscover uh, what your uh, uh, and re-examine like your vision, uh, what you want to do, how you want to do it, who you want to be coming in the in the new year. So I don't tend to even during the pandemic times. Like there were times where I go visit family and or friends or whatever, if you want to party, but I more and more want to actually not ring in the new year like that and quietly yeah. come into the new year in a very um, focused and uh, alert place where I, I, I'm, I'm more or less driving forward. I don't know. How about you? I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't really drink, so I won't be like popping a cork or something. I'll be sitting down and uh, with candles and, you know, <laughs> I will be sitting and meditating in the darkness with, with a candle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like that. Um, so for me, I think the new year is something different for everybody and it should be celebrated differently for everybody. Some people like to get together with friends and have a big party. And I, I do know other people that like a more kind of quiet, solace, calm new year um, and that kind of personal experience. So I really like that 
you're looking to have that kind of more private experience for yourself. Uh, and before we jump into your history and everything that you've done and everything, uh, what are your what are your hopes for the future for this year? Do you do you just are you kind of a one year, one month at a time person, or do you kind of sit down and say, you know what, this is what I want to do this year or five years from now or you know whatever it is? How do you kind of look at your future? Well, it's so for me. I had a, I used to have a, a friend who would say to me, "Oh, you artists are just so you know ephemeral and you know you just fly by the seat of your pants and i was like look lady i don't think you understand like this career does not fly by the seat of its pants like it requires like planning and 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 you know all kinds of stuff like you know schedules and i usually know more or less at a year in advance where i'm going and but you know it's always important you know my personal philosophy is that it's always important to have a plan because you can deviate from a plan but if you don't have a plan then there's nothing to deviate and you can kind of just get tossed and turned by whatever direction the wind blows. Um, I like that. I do that daily. So daily I'll, I'll, I'll have a, an idea of what I'm going to do on a certain day. You know, usually I have, this is the weird time because I just wrapped a show. I just did a Christmas Carol with Great Lakes Theater where I was the ghost of Christmas present. And, uh, and it was fun. It's, it's a lot of fun because I'm nine and a half feet tall. I'm literally the size of the Hulk in the MCU when I come <laughs> off awesome. this giant cornucopia. Yeah, come, know me better, man. You know, that kind of a yeah. feeling, and it's great. But what I do uh, even daily, and if I don't do it daily, um, you know, I, I, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Six Rules for Success. It's incredibly yeah. fantastic, right? You know, the first <laughs> thing you must do is you have to have a vision. You know, I had a vision of what I wanted to be. And so not who, not your parents, what your parents tell you, what society tells you, but who you want to be. Not what you want to do, but who you want to be. And I was oh like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this yeah. is amazing. Sorry, time out real quick. That was so good. That was such a good impersonation. Anyway, continue. That was amazing. I just like closed my eyes for a second. I was like, "Yep, that sounds like Arnold." All right. I, well, I, you know, and I'm I would be I'm I'm not kidding. I listen to it uh, regularly. When I was a kid, my dad, um, he was he, you know, uh, he he wanted to inspire me, and he was one of those people that was like, he just basically said, "Listen, I can't do this for you. My job is to prepare you for the world." not to protect you from the world. So you have to be ready to engage in the world. Because my dad was old school. He was like, a, you know, he was a, v, an, um, a Korean War veteran. You know, uh, you know, he was in the Army from 49 to 61. He, you know, he grew up in, you know, the Jim Crow South. Like, my dad was yeah. like, listen, you need to be ready in this world for what's going to come at you. And so <laughs> my dad, when I was like a teenager, he bought me an Olympic weight set. And man... You know, so at like one o'clock in the morning, I'm like, you know, because I'm I'm a teenager, I'm an idiot. So I was yeah. like one o'clock in the morning instead of sleeping, I'm like lifting weights and I'm like, oh, my God. And, and you know, he, I could hear him walk by and then stop and then walk back to his room because he just hears the, the weights clanging. And um, he also told that story like he would hear me practicing monologues in the middle of the night. And he thought he was, somebody was in the house, you know, because I'm over here going over oh, wow. a muse of fire that would ascend to the brightest heaven of invention, a kingdom for a stage, princes to act, and monarchs to behold the swelling seat. And he's like, what's going on in there? Oh, that kid, you know, he's a weirdo. Um, but I actually come from a performing arts family. 
I was going to ask, like, where where did that bug come from for you? Because you just said, as a kid, you're performing this complex dialogue and stuff. Where did that Where did that come from for you? Well, you know, it's funny, Adam, because when I was younger, this is this is the the folly, the arrogance, and the blindness of youth. Is that when I was younger, I thought, oh. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the actor in the family. I'm performing because, you know, I was, I, you know, a lot of kids were like either out in the street or doing whatever. I literally went from school to rehearsal and then home and then yeah. back to school and rehearsal and home in between that time playing video games. Uh, but, you know, or like, you know, watching my favorite anime or whatever, but uh, cartoons and stuff, but like, or reading. Cause I was a huge reader. I loved going to the library and things like that, whatever. Anyway, long story long one day, I'm in elementary school, and uh, my uh, my teachers gave us this poem from uh, God's Trombones, James Weldon Johnson, and uh, it's it, the the creation. There's several sermons, okay, and the creation, uh, you know, and God stepped out into space, and he looked around, and he said, "I am lonely. I'll make me a world." And as far as the eye of God could see, darkness covered everything, blacker than a hundred midnights down in a cypress swamp. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm learning this, and I'm like, this is awesome, right? So I come home and I say to my mom, Mom, oh my gosh, I learned this thing today, right? I think I'm in like maybe fourth or fifth grade, and I go, I learned this thing today. And I go, and God stepped out into space, and he looked around and he said, and she immediately goes, I am lonely. I'll make me a world. And my eyes exploded and my jaw hit the floor. And I was like, how do you know this? And it turns out that my father used to say, well, you get it proper. And I was like, I didn't know what you meant by that. And then I got older. and I was like, oh, yes. OK, I see. You know, my sister was a dancer and, you know, my um, my 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 uncle is actually an opera singer, a Grammy award winning opera singer. Uh, my wow. my mom uh you know, she was into she's she's always been into show business, always enjoyed show business and stuff like that. My dad, you know, my my family, my dad, you know, I come from a working class family. You know, my mom yeah. uh, was a um, you know, she's a she was a limo driver. She was she used to drive the RTA. She was a bus driver. You know, she's had her own cleaning company for, you know, 40 years. Um, you know, my dad, uh, after coming out of the service, he did private police work and then he became uh, a, a health inspector for the city of Cleveland for 30 years before he passed away. And, um, you know, so I come from like this very like working class family and my grandfather, my, my mother's father. I never met my my father's parents. They were passed away long before like long before I was even a, a gleam, a glint in, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, my he would come over and, uh, you know, my grandfather, um, you know, people always ask, well, where do you get the voice from? And I say, well, I get the voice actually from my grandfather. My grandfather had a rich bass baritone. My uncle's actually a, uh, my uncle is, a, he's also a bass baritone. And so, like I say, well, that's where the, the voice comes from. And uh, he would come over and he he was a self-taught man in the sense that, you know, he enjoyed the People's Library, you know, the People's University, the library. And he would read things like Kipling and, uh, you know, the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam and, and uh, you know, Mark Twain and Shakespeare. And, and so, 
listening and hearing like poetry in my house as well as like the class, you know, like, you know, like I said, James Weldon Johnson or, you know, uh, County Cullen or, you know, Langston Hughes or, you know, so, so I have like this rich history around me that I don't even really understand, but I just, you know, it's kind of like yeah. what the old fish yeah. said to the young fish, you yeah. know, uh, the two young fish are swimming along and, and uh, old fish goes, so how's the water today? And you know, the ocean and then kids go, what's the ocean? And he goes, you're swimming in it. Oh, yeah. these kids these days, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Ugh, forget about it, you little. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I actually answered that history question. No, I tend no, to go yeah. on tangents. So, you know, if you no, ever no, just no. go, <laughs> bring no, me back. No, I like it. I, um, no, I, I really love that. I'm always curious of where people kind of get that thing from. And in particular, you seem like, I mean, you, you've done, you know, movies and stuff like that. But, you know, I have recently saw you in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And, you know, so Shakespeare is a whole different ballgame. And I have talked to a lot of people that have said that they're actually more comfortable with Shakespeare. And some people that have said, I got into Shakespeare because it made me uncomfortable, uh, because it's complex dialogue and words that they didn't even necessarily understand. Mm. And a lot of times it's fast talking and you're you're doing action and movement. And, uh, you know, it's it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of brain power and it's a lot of effort to put into it. And nah. so for, for me, right. So for <laughs> really. me, I, I'm always curious as to, um, you know, what is your preferred method? Do you like voiceovers? Do you like stage performance? Do you like film work, feature length, short films? Like what is, if somebody just said to you, Hey, Leilani, you can choose any project of all of these projects. What would be the one that you would pick and go to? So crazy thing is that, um, I, I I laughingly joke when I say to people, I could, if if I could do voiceover for animation and uh, film, like animated films, uh, because I was inspired by the cartoons of my youth. I mean, I'm, I was born in the 70s. I mean, you know, I love the 80s. And so, like, yeah. my whole thing, you know, like, I loved all the, 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 the manga uh, cartoons that were, like, imported, like... Uh, uh, like Monzinger Z, like, you know, what we call Transor Z here. And, um, you know, I, you know, and I loved like Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats. And those guys at yeah. the end of the credits, those folks that were at the end of the credits, like Susan Blue and Wally Burr and, you know, Peter Cullen and, and uh, uh, Jack Angel, Michael Bell, um, Frank Welker. You know, Frank Welker is, geez, Frank Welker's everywhere. You know, Jim Cummings, like these were my heroes. And I've actually been lucky enough to meet like a few of my heroes. And I hate when people say, never meet your heroes because, um, you know, usually when you meet your heroes, it's what's really awesome is that uh, if you don't think of them as, you know, massive icons in the sky, you know, yeah. you know uh, gods coming down from Mount Olympus, but just as humans who are doing extraordinary things that you admire, then it's yeah. like, it's a lot easier to meet your heroes. And if they fail you, and I'm using quote, air quotes, everybody, you can't see them. Yeah. But if they fail you, it's only because they're human. They're human. Exactly. Like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. But I said all that to say that, like, you know, if I never was on camera again, if I was never on stage again, um, you know, and I only was known as the voice, I would not be angry about it. I mean, I love performing yeah. though. I'm a performance animal. So for me, film, television, commercial, voiceover, stage, um, they're all 
you know, I don't see it. I don't really see a separation in the idea of expression, uh, sincere, honest, authentic expression. If if I can authentically express myself and do it uh, in a way that you know communicates thoughts, ideas, then I, I'm doing. It doesn't matter the medium, you know, whether I'm in front of the microphone or whether I'm in front of a camera or whether I'm in front of you know an audience of. I I, I say this every night because people tell when we were doing the show and they'd be like they tell us the house numbers and they're like oh there's like 200 people in the house or there's a thousand people in the house I'm like I don't care if it's yeah. two people or two thousand two hundred yeah. or two hundred thousand they're all gonna get the same show but. If there's only two people, then the show is really just for them. You got yeah. you, you get a it's special a private show. show. Yeah, right. You're exclusive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let me let me ask you because I have recently just saw you on stage, Romeo and Juliet, and what I have done theater on a very very small scale. I mean, like high school and community theater and stuff like that. But when you're when you're walking out on a stage. And it is a stage and, you know, a, a big theater that's, you know, for opera and things. I mean, thousands of seats, things like that. And there's tons of people there. Uh, what is that feeling like right before you take your first step out on stage opening night? Like, do you have a process that you go through of getting mentally prepared? Or are you just like, I've done this so many times, like that I have to leave all of that quote preparedness out of it and just get out of my own head. What is that process for you? Like before you step out on stage for the first time? Um, for me, let's see. I am one of those weird people that I don't have stage fright. Um, that's awesome. I get giddy because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, you know, it, it, how do I explain that? There's a giddy feeling that I have before I do a show, but I don't get stage fright. Like I'm not, you know, because, and mostly too, it's like saying, you know, it's like preparing for game day for athletes or, you know, somebody who's going to go into the big power meeting. Ah, yes, I'm here to present to the clients today. You know, that like. Yeah. If you if you do your work, uh, which is another one of Arnold's rules, you have to work your butt off. Okay. If you don't work <laughs> your butt, if the, none of these rules work, if you don't do anyway, sorry. Arnold's going to come awesome. back again in this in this podcast probably. You do times. Arnold all day long, and I would listen. Yeah, put the awesome. cookie down. I just watched uh, Jingle All the Way because it's one of my favorite not Christmas. I did Christmas too. Movies. I just watched it like two weeks ago. Yeah, I love that one. I I'm a fan. <laughs> See, uh, sidetrack. Uh, going back to your question, but really it's about pre preparation, being prepared, yeah. getting ready, do the work. If I've done my job and I'm on my game, I, I you know, for me, it's just uh, execution, you know, yeah. fulfilling, fulfilling the role that I'm here to play to help tell this story with these incredible and phenomenal, talented people who have all come together to like, you know, I get to be a piece of a story. Um that that is that that you know that these that the audience and when there's a live audience and gosh man covid killing the live yeah, audience yeah. It, you know what i mean like interactions in general like people people do not thrive in isolation um they can thrive being you know it's like you can be alone but mm -hmm. but if you're lonely yeah you could be in a room full of people and be lonely Absolutely, a hundred percent. I right? agree with that. Yeah, uh, and you can be alone and not be lonely. I, yeah. I, I, I. That's one of the reasons why I, you know I enjoy being in my booth. You know, some yeah. people look at it and they go, "Wow, you have so much space." And I was like, I intentionally made my booth large because yeah. 
I have been in coffins and I don't want to ever be in those again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, going on stage is um, is phenomenal. But the beautiful thing about live theater that you don't get from especially from television or film uh, in, and or when I'm auditioning on camera and I'm you know, I when I teach uh, acting or coach acting, you know, coaching voiceover, whenever I'm doing any kind of thing, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, like, for example, you can find amazing, brilliant people who do show business. And the minute, like, they're incredible actors on stage and they're incredible actors in film. And then the minute you put them in front of a microphone, they go, Don Corleone, I hope that your first child is a masculine <laughs> child. And you're like, wait, what happened? You were so yeah, brilliant like, what, and elegant. What what happened in this translation? Like, where did this fall off? <laughs> yeah, and it happens all the time. And so yeah. the same thing happens, too, with um, stage actors who get in front of a camera or regular people. Like, let's just say um, people who are starting to get into show business who want to, like, you know, get into commercial and film, whatever, and they go, all right, and I turn the camera on, and all of a sudden, you know, they're a deer in the headlights, and they don't know what to say. Um, and I say, just be yourself. The hardest part is being you. You know, when I was younger uh, as an actor, you know, I, I wanted, you know, some of my idols, James Earl Jones, uh, you know, Denzel Washington, uh, Avery Brooks, uh, Keith David, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. and of course, like, you know, Pacino, De Niro, uh, you know, Hackman, Connery, you know, like, you know, you go down the list, you know, of all these yeah. you know, amazing actors. But um, the, my real touchstone is Jeffrey Holder. And Jeffrey oh, okay. Holder, if your audience doesn't know who Jeffrey Holder is, look him up because he's one of the most amazing renaissance individuals of the 20th century. He's actor, dancer, choreographer, producer. He's, he's, he is the man behind The Wiz with uh, Diana Ross uh, and, yeah, yeah. and Michael Jackson, you know, bringing it to Broadway, though. Like he, you know, he was married to Carmen de Lavalade. So did I mention also sculptor, photographer, poet, like writer? And I, you know, true Renaissance man. And, he ever, and singer. He was a singer. That was the other thing, too. And if you ever meet somebody that is so amazing at everything and you're like, um, I, I had a conversation with a student once talking about jealousy and envy. And the difference okay. between jealousy and envy is envy is when you look at somebody and you go, wow, that's really cool. I like that. I'd like to do that too, maybe. Right? Yeah. Jealousy is, wow, that's really cool. I freaking don't want that person to have it. In fact, I'm going to do everything yeah. I can to tear it down. You don't want them to be successful. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's the poisonous. true, true yeah. hater. It's the, it's the green-eyed monster that, uh, yeah. you know, um, what is it? The green-eyed monster that feeds. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna I'm 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 murdering. Uh, it's from Othello, and I'm murdering it right now. But it's a Diago line. It's not mine. <laughs> yeah, you're like it's not mine anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's that's something else I wanted to ask you about. Um, you know, you teach acting. Uh, how much of of what you teach is is the approach? Is how to approach work and other people that you're working with and professionalism and kindness? Because I know people that work with you. Uh, that worked with you in Romeo and Juliet, and you have many, many, many more years of experience and knowledge than they do. And people that I talked to said that you were very kind, and that you're you're just a good person to be around, um, and that you seem like a generous person. and And I think that's great, and I think that's what the the world needs more of, especially right now. Um, so do do you do you approach and teach that at all when you're teaching your classes in terms of teaching about kindness or respect or generosity or just 
not saying, well, I have more experience than this person and that person, so I know more than them and I look down on it. Like, do you ever talk about any of that in your classes? I don't. Um, I mean, I guess, hmm, that's, wow. Well, first of all, I, I didn't know that that's what people said about me in the, in the process, and it's kind of nice because it wasn't like, ah, like Lonnie, that joke. Yeah, I tell you, every time he walks into the room, I want to slap him. You know, I was like that. No, no, Lynn, Lynn in particular <laughs> was the one that told me that I should reach out to you because you were just fantastic to work with, and she said you were a great person and you would be great to have on, so. Absolutely yeah. amazing individual. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Pleasure to work Lynn is, with. Lynn um, is phenomenal, yeah. I just, you know what, dude, let's see. So what I learned, uh, kind of like working on cars, everything you learn, you learn because it breaks down. But even, oh, okay. even I when like I that. was a server, right? I've done a lot of different jobs. I, uh, I'm an actor. I'm in show business. Of course, I've done a lot of different jobs. Hey, you're an actor. Good. What restaurant do you work at? That's an old <laughs> joke, right? But yeah. I did. I did. Uh, you know, I've, I've done... Um, you know, I've been front of every, everything from front of house to back of house, from hosting to serving to dishwasher, you know, taking out the trash. Um, I have done catering jobs at like big events with famous people. I've worked on sets with uh, really, really like, you know, um, I worked on this movie. OK, I got to play uh, the director with Zachary Levy, who's the uh, director of Stranger Things. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you about two experiences real quick that kind of like, I guess answer your question right because yeah. uh, but at the same time uh, you know i'm on set hugh jackman's there right hugh walks into the dress and in, into makeup and he goes hi i'm hugh now in my brain i'm like what's up wolverine how you doing i know who you are <laughs> you ain't gotta tell me what's that you're going hugh? on wolverine <laughs> right you know what i'm saying <laughs> let's go bub you know right and then yeah. um <laughs> but i don't do that because you don't do that yeah so but he was so he was so nice he was very approachable and every time i saw him on set i spent nine days on that set and, uh, you know, nine days for literally a couple minutes of, of shooting time. It's insane. Uh, I, film is such a weird animal in that way. But in the entire time I was there, I got to sit with Hugh Jackman. Now, Hugh Jackman would probably not remember me, although I hear he has an impeccable memory uh, for, like, you know, people that he's known and met over the years, which is impressive, by the way. But um, I don't tend to forget faces. Names? I don't know. But faces. I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, and then over the course of that nine days, you know, I would see him and, you know, it's weird when you don't have a conversation, you know, you don't have like a, uh, you don't know this person, you know, their work, yeah. but you don't know them. So you're sitting there and, you know, one day he's sitting looking at his iPad and he's watching Rocky, the original, you know, the 76. And I was like, Oh, what are you watching? He's like, Oh, you know, I'm checking out Rocky, you know, getting inspired. I was like, Oh, okay. Rock on, you know, and then I'd leave him alone. Um, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, his parents came to the set. And he's like, oh, this is my dad. This is my mom. And I was like, oh, wow. And I'm like talking to him. Incredibly generous. So yeah. that's Hugh. He's 100% yeah. class act number one. And at the end of that, I actually don't post a lot of pictures with me with like, you know, and stuff. Yeah. Because um, for a lot of different reasons. But one of them being usually is that um, I'm working on a movie and it doesn't come out for two years. 
You know, I don't, I'm not one of those people like, hey, everybody, look at me or I'm the set. Nah, whatever. This yeah. is, I, I yeah. wouldn't do that if I was making fries at McDonald's. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a really good call. I like that. Yeah. What up, y'all? I'm taking this yeah. selfie, making these burgers out here. Making, nah, making beer. We're going we're gonna to sell these burgers in two years. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, which you ain't going to even get to eat until yeah. later. Um, so, I, you know, we took a picture and I said to him, I said, hey, thank you so much for being kind and uh, and generous. And by the way, I'm a song and dance person too. And I really enjoy what you did at the Oscars. Like I wasn't all like, Oh my God, I didn't go f- full fanboy. I just said, Oh, really yeah. enjoy what you did at the Oscars. He's like, Oh, thanks a lot. I was like, because you know, everybody knows, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people, one of the things that brought Hugh Jackman to fame was his in Curly, uh, mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Right. You know, it was huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, uh, then I was on a set where the AD you know, literally was cussing at everyone. Uh, this is a completely different set. You know, Zachary Levy, by the way, the director, family set. You know, everybody was kind to each other. Everyone yeah, was nice yeah. to each other. And that creates an incredible environment for creativity. And, and when people are relaxed, you are much more, you know, when you're relaxed, you're in a much better state to be fluid. And, you know, I also, you know, Bruce Lee, big fan of Bruce Lee. So, you know, you want to be like water, right? Water, yeah, if you put yeah. water into a cup, it becomes the cup. If you put water into a glass, it becomes the glass. It can crash or it can flow, right? So I yeah. try to, you know, and even though I'm a firebender, uh, all day like i'm all day firebender like you know the audience can't see but you can see adam that i'm wearing an, an iro shirt you're a firebender oh yeah no i'm, I'm all firebender all the time yeah. uh but fire you know is uh you know fire can destroy but it's also beautiful and it's also you know it's, yeah. it sustains life it gives us warmth and heat so Understanding that element of fire is important. So being on a set where people are getting cussed out all the time and people are unhappy, it's not a great place to be. So I don't need to teach. I don't believe I need to teach. Don't be a jerk off. Um, (laughs) And being a server, in my attitude is I actually have more fun with the crews. Like I like stage, you know, you know, the, the, the costumers, the, the, you know, yeah. the, the lighting guys, the gaff people, I, I, the stunt actors, like I spent more time actually hanging out with those people and the, the crew, you know, they, even the guy who just picks up the trash. I'm like, Hey, what's up guy who picks up the trash? Because I'm the guy who picks up the trash. Uh, yeah. you know, I used to go to these rich people parties, uh, you know, when you, when you're a performer, you know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, when you're a performer, sometimes you get to go to these <laughs> rich people parties, right? You know, and I would show up and I would like start cleaning up and serving because that's the way I grew up. I grew up serving. So yeah. it's it, it was uncomfortable for me at first going to these rich people parties. Now I can go to rich people party and be like, yo, can I get one of them more doors? Thanks, my man. Right on. You know, hit them up. <laughs> you can relax you a little know, bit more. A little bit, a little bit more. Actually enjoy it. <laughs> but I, my philosophy I literally is to treat everybody like a VIP. Everyone's a VIP. Um, and if, if, in, and that's, if I can do that and treat everybody like a VIP, um, you give what you get and you get what you give. Uh, if, if you, if you, if you extend kindness, you tend to get kindness back. Only the most like morose and, uh, you know, misanthropic people will not return kindness. And, um, you know, truly people who are deeply into their, I'm not going to be happy. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. those people, yeah, sure. You know, it's, it's hard, but that doesn't have to ruin my day. I'm still yeah. going to be happy. I'm still going to, you know, I, Voltaire says, I choose happiness because it's good for my health. 
Um, yeah, I like and, that. And I like, you know, that's, you know, I, I you know, um, one of the my favorite poems is uh, Kipling's If that my grandfather would, you know, recite. And um, and one of the lines in the poem says, if you can wait and not be bothered by waiting. Um, and oftentimes I find myself in lines and, you know, people get irritated. Oh, what's, what's taking so long, man? Come on. I want to get out of here. I've got a place to be. I need to, t- I need to get my chalupa. <laughs> and you're like, dude, calm down. It's fine. And I, I'll begin to smile. And people next to me, I could feel it. They go, what's going on? Is this guy crazy? Is he losing his yeah. mind? Not like what's a Nicholson smile. <laughs> yeah. Hi there, Sparky. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you what's going to happen now. Okay. <laughs> right. But it's more just like I start to smile and I laugh. And then when I come to the register and I'm like, how are you today? And then they go, I'm fine. I'm like, are you? Are you all right? Yeah. I know. And I engage in sincere conversation because I'm, I'm the same way. I try to be the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. it's nuts. It's nuts. Sorry. I, you know, like I said, nope. tangent, no, man, no, no, dude, no. you, you asked me a question. <laughs> what, what I love is what you just touched on is part of why I do this podcast is that everybody has a story. Like when you, you saying to the, the cashier, like, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Are you fine? Because that person has a story. That person has thoughts and feelings and there are things going on that day and you have no idea what's happening. Every person in that line, every person in the store, they all have thoughts and feelings and a story. And I think it's great that you're able to look at that and recognize that and and really ask people those questions and take a moment to take a breath and relax because I think more people in the world need to do that. More people need to just pause and take a breath and relax and acknowledge the situation that you're in acknowledge what's happening around you rather than just try to move past it push past it what's going on tomorrow next year next week you know like be present be be where you are and try to enjoy every moment you don't know when it's going to end um so try to enjoy every moment that you have um and i just i i love i love your just kind of positivity um and you're you, you it's very clear by doing this and, and I think people will be able to hear it, that you have a real love for what you do. You have a real passion for it. It's um, why I teach. And that, and that comes across. Yeah. It's that why comes I coach. Across, I don't um, coach for the money. <laughs> yeah. No, There's not I, a lot of money in, in it. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you. I, I was, I was going to ask, what is your, uh, it's kind of just like kind of a wrap up thing before we get to some rapid fire questions. To the, I'm yeah, really right? excited <laughs> to ask you. What is your, you know, and, and has it transitioned? What is your present day current favorite thing about what you do what is what is the thing that gives you the most amount of joy is it your stage performance is it your teaching now and it's a different question than what would you pick if you had any one of these choices like what is your actual favorite part of this world that you exist in wow uh that is a very deep question because immediately the first thing that came to my mind was family um that that's the first thing that came to my mind. Being a performer, you know, I because I've I've done I've done jobs like landscaping and security, and I, you know, when you have to break up a fight in a bar, it's it's no fun. Uh, you know, working in the dirt and long hours in the sun. Uh, you know, I, I look I look at the fact that I get to do this, and that's actually one of the things that uh, you know is that uh, this is a this is a real it's a real it takes work, takes creativity. It does take a lot of like effort and study, but it is still, you know, it still beats roofing. Um, yeah. But the thing that I think about most of all, like, you know, is my my family. You know, I lost my father in 
2001, and I still have my mother, and I have two sons. Uh, they're twins. They're wonderful people, and I, I feel grateful that, uh, you know, I get to spend time with them. I just spent time with them for, you know, uh, the holiday, and I, you know, and, and seeing my, you know, my family is probably the thing that is one of the most important things in my life is because it's funny you asked me a question about work and the, the first thing I came to was family. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the human experience, you know, I screw up regularly. Like I'm on this path, right? We're all, I look at it this way. We're all in this, you know, giant canoe traveling through the universe. It's something like 28,000 kilometers per second, right? And, you know, we are all these, in, you know, in these corporeal forms, experiencing things in the way that we experience them individually, but collectively have, a, you know, this experience, you know, and being um, being creatures that can perceive ourselves and the environment around us. Um, I'm in a constant I'm in a constant search. It takes constant vigilance, uh, you know, um, to maintain the, you know, the light side, if I'm going to use a Star Wars reference, you know, to, you know, you know Luke, you must, uh, you have to be careful not to give in to the dark side. Right, you know, um, <laughs> mm, fear leads to hate, hate leads to anger, anger leads to suffering. Right, you know, like I... Exactly. <laughs> that's where I, I'm, so for me is the, is the balance, the constant balance. I don't know if I answered the specific question you asked, but family's most important thing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love of other humans, because... It's very easy to get, um, it's very easy, especially in our world, social media, the news, the corporate media, uh, you know, the, the narratives that people want to generate, you know, the outrage machine. I don't believe in outrage porn. I don't like watching like, you know, uh, oh, this will get yeah. you mad today, you know, that kind of thing. So I actually left Facebook for a while. And then I came back recently, but I'm barely there. And um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram more than I'm on Facebook, but I'm not even on Instagram that much because yeah. social media, I don't actually enjoy. Some people enjoy social media. I don't really enjoy it. I, yeah. I know it's a necessary part of my life. But um, and sometimes I do. I love seeing pictures of people smiling, people's baby pictures, you know, pictures with your family. What did you eat today? You know, are you on yeah. an adventure? Oh, wonderful. I love sharing in that po positive things. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't just surround myself with like because the world isn't rainbows, unicorns and marshmallows. I don't just no, surround no. myself with that. I, I have a philosophy uh, that I actually learned and borrowed, which is to be it is better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And so, you know, I continue to train, I continue to work, I continue to, you know, like my father who was a soldier uh, and grew up in a very, you know, very tumultuous and adverse time as a black man growing up in the South during the Jim Crow, you know, he almost died. Um, you know, not, then he went to war and almost died. Um, you know, and I that's the stock that I come from. I come from this very, you know, my, my, my uncle was a Tuskegee Airman. Uh, my father's brother was a Tuskegee Airman. You know, I come from this history and I am never, ever uh, unaware of the history of which I come from. So for me, I, you know, being the light in the darkness is, is that stokes its own fire. You know, like it, again, Fire Nation, um, stoking my own fire is so important. And, and if I can be a light into the world, 
um, then that's great. Practicing mindfulness, I became a yoga teacher because my body was hurting. So I started learning yoga. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to get into something, I'm a rabbit hole person. Like once I start getting into something, oh, I'm, I want to know I'm all about it. I'm the exact, I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Right. Great British baking show. Oh, <laughs> so good. I know. I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Exactly. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, but you know, it seems very, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, underdone. It's uh, it's it's not working. <laughs> it's underproved. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, this this uh, is more something you would bring to um, a family gathering. <laughs> yeah, a, a family that you don't really like. <laughs> um, I mean, what's what's really cool is just during this podcast, you've done like ten or eleven different voices and accents and things like that. So, um, I I appreciate everything that you bring to this. You have genuinely made me laugh during this podcast, which is really cool. Um, and I just I I love the work that you've done. I'm a fan of yours. I I'll put all of your social media that you don't get on that much and the links and stuff to you. You're in information i i encourage all of my listeners out there to check out leilani barrett um because uh you know you you've been involved in a lot and you've done a lot of things um but you're also you don't have that kind of air about yourself you're very easy to talk to you're very approachable so um it, this has been a pleasure doing this this podcast with you but i i don't want to get out of here before asking you my Rapid five favorite fire. questions all right let's um, go so question number one what is your favorite late night snack Ooh, favorite late night snack well if it's in season, it's uh, Grater's ice cream out of Cincinnati, Elena's blueberry pie. Oh Ooh, my! That sounds. That's... You got that voice where you can make anything sound good, so I like that. Um, question number two: What is your dream vacation? Dream vacation? Oh, because I was really huge into Assassin's Creed. I want to go. I am Ezio Auditore di Firenze, right? I want to go there. I want to see the house that the Medici built. Yeah. Haven't That's been there. Cool. Been to Italy, but I haven't been to Florence. Uh, what is something that makes you sad? Oh, something that makes me sad is uh, intentional malice. People who are yeah. intentionally mean, you know. What is something that makes you happy? Oh, so the 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 la it's 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 twofold. The laughter of children makes me incredibly happy, but. It's a certain laugh that like little kids have that's, oh my gosh, always brings joy to my heart. But at the same time, little kids also create the worst sound in the world is that high-pitched scream. And I yes. I yes, hate that high-pitched scream, but I, I, love the I love the laughter. <laughs> love the laughter. That's awesome. Uh, final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, well, you know, my sons who are 25 years old. Uh, I'm constantly giving advice to my younger self. <laughs> and uh, the advice that actually I would give to my younger self going back in time is, um, one, take care of your body. Continue exercising every day. Don't ever stop exercising and, and continue to do the things that continue to make you healthy as a, as a, in your physical self. Two, take the time to be mindful because your perception of events may not exactly be what they are. So patience and mindfulness. And three, why did you throw away that girl's number for crying out loud? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not what three would be at all. But <laughs> but see, you didn't see that coming, did you? Like, no, whoa, I did well, not. You're so philo philosophical. This brother philosophizing over here. Wait, what? He's, a, he's a philosophizer. <laughs> no, and, and I think three, three most importantly, um, going back in the past and looking at my career 
and my family and my choices that I've made, you know, um, three would be, uh, you, you are strong, but you're not invincible. Yeah. I like that. No, I really like that. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, when we're young, we have that air of invincibility to us. Um, and I think a lot of people have that until they're completely broken down. And then it's like, what happened? What went wrong? And, and, and for me, a lot of times, it's not that anything went wrong. It's just that you find out you're human for the first time. Yes. And you find out that you can break. Um, but I think the important part is everybody breaks. It's about putting yourself back together and keep going. Um, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you fall down eight times, you get back up again. You know what I mean? Forget about that's it. A, hey, that's myth. a great speech. <laughs> that is a great speech when he talks about that in the movie. Yeah. Um, like Rocky I, Marciano. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, Leilani, I appreciate this. This was an awesome podcast. I laughed. I learned a lot. I, and, and I think it's really cool that you were kind enough to give an insight into the world that you exist in and that you've lived in and that you teach in. And um, I just I thank you for for doing this. Thank you. Oh, Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, it's always odd when people want me to say anything because <laughs> I, I I'm just a mad, mad, mad little man running around with all these little voices in my head. And, and, and occasionally, as, they pop I, out. <laughs> as I always say, the most interesting guests are usually the ones that are wondering why I bring them on. Um, and you are you are definitely somebody that has something to say. And I like what you have to say. And I hope you continue to say the things um that that are inside of your your head because i i think i don't know i just think that you're the kind of person that the world needs more of so i thank you for doing this um and i look forward to seeing you in your next show or play or oh film. by the way well here let me do a little pluggables real quick so yeah, coming no, up go, next go. uh it at beck center of the arts here in cleveland ohio you can see me martin Sorry, <laughs> I started going into announcer man and I made myself laugh. Um, Steve Martin's meteor shower at the Beck Center opening up on April 1st. Um, so, yeah, that'll be the next show I'll be doing. And then I will be teaching class. I also teach at First Team uh, Acting Studio, which is all in in, um, in Crocker Park. Um, I teach at Baldwin Wallace. I, you know, I will be doing some voiceover workshops of my own. So you can check out my website, LeilaniBarrett.com. And then, and if you want to follow me, you want to, you know, want to connect, you want to like, you know, interact when I barely get on there, Facebook, but I interact more on Instagram and I'm barely on Twitter because it's literally the bathroom wall. Yes, <laughs> I will put I will put all of your links and descriptions and everything um, in in my bio description, um, so people can find you and check you out. Um, Leilani, this was awesome. Thank you for doing this. I hope you have a great new year, um, and I hope that you have a great twenty twenty two. Let's make it a good year, everybody. Many blessings to you, Adam, and thank you for your kindness, your graciousness, and let's do this again sometime. I would love to. I would love to. I'd love to see. I, I like to do some follow-ups, and I'm actually working to do follow-ups with people that I first had on about six months ago um, when I started just to kind of see where things are. So I would love to follow up with you down the road and kind of see what you have going on because I'm sure it'll be exciting and fun. The check-in. <laughs> um, for everybody out there listening, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returner, welcome back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.